somebody say stand. Verse 14. Stand therefore. Stand. Stand. With stand. Stand. The Holy Ghost is saying something about this word to us. If you go back to 2 Samuel that we read. 2 Samuel chapter 23. I'm going to use the story of a man. Shammah. And in verse 12, the Bible says, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it. Everybody had run away, but Shama stood. Standing is a posture that requires strength. If you were to stand throughout this service today, it will inconvenience you. You know why? Because standing places a demand on your strength. The Bible says in Proverbs 24 and verse 10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. No wonder the psalmist opened up the Psalms in Psalm chapter 1. And verse 1, it said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Why must you not stand in the way of sinners? Because when you stand for a long time, you'll be getting weary. Very soon, you request a seat. You want to now sit in the seat of discomfort. If you stand in the way of sinners, very soon, you'll be participating in what they are doing. If you stand long enough in the way of sinners, you'll soon request a seat. Let me give you my initial thoughts about standing. Because that's what I want to talk about this morning. Number one, standing is demanding. If you are writing, you want to write it down. Standing is demanding. If you want to know about this, you need to ask the ushers. Who usually stand almost all through the service. They are counting the people. They are going around ensuring nobody's fiddling with their phones. And all of that. <laughs> they can tell you that standing is a demanding posture. It is demanding. It is not easy. It is not convenient. That's why many people don't do it. Whereas, it's a part of our calling as Christian soldiers. If you go to the barracks on the parade ground, you don't see any soldiers sitting down. They stand. They are trained against the time of war. Because in the battlefield, nobody goes there with a sofa. <laughs> they go there with their armor. Their entire armory. The, the weapons in their arsenal, but they don't go with the sofa. Whether to sleep or to sit down. The Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Standing is demanding. And never forget that we are soldiers of Christ. So we have been called to a life of standing. Whether we like it or not. It is not convenient. We are called for it. It is not easy. We are called for it. Oh Lord, I just wish that the devil would just leave me alone. And there will be no, no more trouble in my life. No, you are not ready to be a Christian. The day you gave your life to Christ, you were enlisted in the Lord's army. And you came into the direct firing line of the enemy. But glory be to God, because the one that is on the inside of us is greater than the one that is fighting against us. Can I have an amen? We have read this book from cover to cover. The end of the story is victory for you. Can I have an amen? Second Timothy. Paul was addressing Timothy's son in the faith. Second Timothy chapter 2. And I'm going to take two verses. Verses 3 and 4. Paul addressing him and reminding him as a soldier. <laughs> he said, Thou therefore, verse 3 now, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. 
He said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. He opened that letter with these words. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Standing requires strength. You agree with me that if you have fasted for a long time, maybe you have fasted for about seven days, standing is one of the things you don't want to do. Because to even stand, you need strength. Your legs will be wobbling. In fact, seven days is too much. If you fast for three days, or if you fast what they call absolute fast without breaking, the Yorubas call it biri biri. You fast a.m. to p.m., no nothing, no food, except just water once in a while. By the next day, your eyes will begin to see stars. If you move on to day three, your legs will become very weak. In fact, there was one time I, I, I went on a retreat like that, three days. By the third day, I was feeling like my body was telling me I had arthritis. I said, I don't have arthritis. My, my, my bones here, my, my, my joint, what do you call this place? The kneecaps. Internally, I was feeling so much pain. I said, ah, what has fasting got to do with this? When I eat, food does not go to the legs. <laughs> but don't forget that our body is fitly joined together. Everything is working together. If you have pain in your finger, you feel it in your brain. Your brain is telling you there is pain there. There is, the, there is the peripheral nervous system. There is the central nervous system. So everything is connected together. You can't say, well, the pain is on the finger. I'm not feeling the pain. Finger, you are the only one feeling the pain. You can't talk like that. The whole body feels the pain. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Paul said to Timothy, he said, endure hardness. Hardness is an archaic word. It is obsolete. It's antiquated. In modern contemporary English, it is hardship. Endure hardship. Persevere. As a soldier of Christ, you have been called as a soldier. You are, not, you are not a civilian. That's why I like that hymn that we sing normally once in a while. Onward Christian soldiers marching us to war. He didn't say onward Christian soldiers marching us to church. No, we're going to war. We're in the warfare already. Whether you know it or not, whether you choose to fight or not, there is somebody that will fight you. So you are better take a stand now before the evil day comes. Take a stand. Take a posture to stand. Standing is demanding. It is not easy. It is not convenient. That's why lazy people can't be Christians. You can't be a Christian and be lazy at the same time. It will demand some efforts. You will need to get up to pray. You will need to get up to read your Bible. Nobody will do that for you. Are, are you listening to me? Are, are you listening to me, church? You need to do your own praying. You have a trouble, you have a problem, you go about telling everybody, please pray for me, please pray with me, please pray. Yeah, we do that once in a while, but hey, you need to do your own praying. There is the place for corporate prayer for people to agree with you. There's the place for your own praying. Somebody tell your neighbor, say, stand. Number two, number two initial thought about standing. You may have to stand alone. Write it down. <laughs> number one, I told you standing is demanding. Number two, you may have to stand alone. There are times in our lives when you may discover that in a crowd, you are the only one with a different opinion. Your own opinion is different from what every other person is saying. Your opinion is not the popular opinion. And listen to me. If your opinion is based on the word of God, then you are in good company. 
even though it is not popular, but you are in good company. If your opinion is based on the word of God, on the will of God, then you are in good company. What is popular with men is not always popular with God. Sometimes what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination before God. We find that in Luke 16, 15. You know, people think, some people say that the voice of the people is the voice of God. That's not always true. That is not always true. People may choose for themselves a king. People may choose for themselves a leader that the Lord himself has rejected. Popular opinion, listen church, popular opinion is not always God's opinion. So when you find yourself in a place where you have an opinion based on the word of God, based on what you know from the word of God, and the popular opinion is against what you know, listen to me, don't be discouraged, stand alone. People say, let me, let me, let me, let me deal with some theology this morning. People say, if you cannot beat them, then you join them. If you do that, you will die the way they die. May you not die like men. May you not fall like the princes. In one of the Psalms, I think it's Psalm 89 now, the Lord standing among his people, the Bible says that in one of the verses, I think verse 5 or 6, it said, oh, let, me, let me look at that Psalm. I don't want to misquote it. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. He said, but you shall die like men and fall like the princes. Is this Psalm 89? Lord have mercy, it's not 89. Maybe, is it 86? 82. Okay, thank you. 82, I know it's in the 80 something. 82. And then verses 5 and 6, it should be. Yes, yes. He said, they know not. Neither will they understand. So they walk on in darkness. All of the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But look at the next verse he said. It sounded like a curse, but this is not for us. He said, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. We are not scheduled to die like men. Neither are we ordained to fall like the princes. If we don't believe what they believe, behave the way they behave, and carry on with their own opinions. He said, you are in a separate class. I have called you my children. I have said you are gods. The child of a goat is a goat. The child of a dog is a dog. The child of a human being is another human being. The child of the most high God is a God. Small letter G. I didn't write that in your Bible. The Holy Ghost wrote that in your Bible. He said, I have said you are gods. And all of you are children of the most high. But why did he say they shall die like men? If you carry the mindset and the mentality of the world, if you go the way they go, then you will go down the way they are going down. I'm saying that to say that popular opinion is not always popular with God. That which is highly esteemed among men many, many times is an abomination before the Lord. What people celebrate as success sometimes is an abomination before the Lord. What is God's yardstick for success? In this world, when you make a lot of money, you have houses, you have nice cars, you have businesses, the chain of business around the world. People say that you're successful. <laughs> but God is looking at you. I've given you an assignment. You have neglected it, but you have done well in business. Now, in the eyes of God, are you successful? Even though you have a lot of wealth, you have a lot of <laughs> accolades, you have a lot of clout, 
People praise you. People almost worship you or they do worship you. Popular opinion is not always popular with God. Some people till today are of the opinion that before a lady should get married, she should be pregnant. Because you don't know what may happen on the wedding day. There might be some women from the village who might prevent you from getting pregnant. Because she might just give you 500 naira in an envelope. And if you take that gift, that's it. You're not going to be pregnant. I'm not saying that wicked things don't happen. They do happen. All right? I mean, we live in a world that is governed by Satan himself. Small letter G. The God of this world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, If our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost, whose minds have been blinded by the God of this world. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. But it's not our God. Are you with me? It might be the God of the world system, but it's not our God. Jesus is Lord of our lives. Can I have an amen to that? Now, don't believe that kind of mindset and go and get pregnant before you get married. You should get pregnant after you get married. Nobody does graduation before matriculation. You matriculate first. We come and eat rice in UI. We follow you to Melanby Hall or Tedder Hall or Queen's Hall or Idia Hall, whatever hall. No hall, Seth. We still come. Sentence will come. Amen? We come for matriculation first. You can't invite us to your graduation. Say, ah, when did you finish school? Well, today, Noni. This is today. Today. <laughs> today because my God is the God that collapses time. No, God is not the God of disorder. Can I have an amen? God is the God of process. So there are certain things that are wrong. Don't imbibe them. You may have to stand alone. There are Christians that are writing exams and they take pangpa into the exam hall. They write answers on their palms, on their laps, and on places that nobody can check. So in the exam hall, whether it is CBT or paper-based, they have their way of bringing it out and checking and checking. Now, in the world, that's the norm. But you are, if you are a child of the Most High God, that is not supposed to happen in your life. It should never be recorded that you were part of the people that did that. Popular opinion. Do you know that people quote a scripture that is not scripture? And they say, the Bible says... Heaven helps those who help themselves. Tell me where that is in the Bible. Anybody? Any didascolos in the house? Any teacher of the word? Heaven. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter. It must have been you that put it there. <laughs> oh, you know, you have to be smart in life. Because heaven helps those who help themselves. No! Actually, heaven helps those who cannot help themselves. David the psalmist said in Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. I cannot help myself. God, help me. When Peter was sinking in Matthew 14, he cried to the master. He said, Lord, help me. Everybody that cried to God, blind Bartimaeus, Jesus was passing by. He was told that it was Jesus. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood and helped him. Everyone that calls on God with faith in their heart, God helps them. But the word will tell you, heaven helps those who help themselves. That means that heaven needs help. And that's not the kind of heaven I want to go to. Are you with me? Are you with me, church? Sometimes you may have to stand alone. Don't be afraid to stand alone. Don't be afraid. Help me tell your neighbor, say, don't be afraid to stand alone. Seek to please God and not men. Seek, tell them, say, seek to please God, not men. Paul prayed for us in Colossians 1.10. He said that we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. 
that we may be fruitful in every good work and that we may increase in the knowledge of God. I pray for you, Expression House, that you will walk worthy of the Lord. There are certain decisions that are hard to take, but you need to take them so that you can please God. Mm. There are times you might need to lose some free money. It is free money, but you need to lose it for the sake of Jesus. See, I'm not going to take that one. If I take it, it's Akaldema. Remember, Judas, 30 pieces of silver. He sold off his master. He didn't live to enjoy that money. He bought a field with the money. He committed suicide on that field. He's, he hanged himself upside down and then his bowels gushed out. There are certain times that you might need to take a stand. In fact, every day you have to take a stand. Take a stand. As a lady, sometimes you are broke, flat broke. Now, there is something very easy that anybody can do to make money. Just send somebody a message and say, well, can we have one night stand somewhere? I'm available. Mm. And then they, they credit your account. And that's it. Now the thought can come. Even if you are born again full of the Holy Ghost, the thought can come. But you know what to do with such thoughts? Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Say, where did you come from? Slap it down. Can I have an amen? Tell yourself as a lady, I'm not a call girl. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. I am not cheap. Say that to yourself. I'm not cheap. You must carry that mentality. And you guys too, you are not cheap. Oh. Can I have an amen to that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because there are, some, there are some women out there who are looking for young guys. Young blood. Whose lives they want to destroy. Can buy you a car. They can send you abroad. They can do anything. Shop for you. Pay your bills. But at the expense of your soul. At such times you need to stand alone. I say, Mama, you might have tried that with other people, not me. Hey, we have an example in the Bible, Joseph. Joseph, the Bible says he was handsome. He was ruddy. How do you did why? The guy was ruddy. It might be a cake English, but good English. And he will come into the house and he will do his cleaning every day and, and clean up everywhere. And, and Mrs. Potiphar was just looking at him. Oh, Joe boy. Ah, good morning, madam. God bless you. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jehovah. And madam will come. Tap this bomb. Ah. Ma'am? What's your problem? Your master is not around. Just keep me company. Ah, no, ma. Oh, I cannot. Ah, I can't keep you company. Some young men of nowadays will look at men. That was the wife of the chief of army staff of Pharaoh. Potiphar was the chief of army staff. The Koas. Koas. The chief of army staff. In the Nigerian military. <laughs> you don't want to hug the wife of the chief of army staff. It's as good as hugging a transformer. Life transformer. But it was the woman now that was bringing the temptation to Joseph. And the atmosphere was good. The Bible says nobody was at home. What a conducive atmosphere to sin. But Joseph said, Madam, everything in this house is under my care, not you. 
I am not supposed to be in charge of you. You are August's property. You are my boss's property. I respect him in his presence and in his absence. I don't have authority. I don't have a covenant with you. I don't have authority to touch you. You can send me on errands, but not this one. It got to a point, the Bible said, daily. This woman was wooing him daily. The devil is very persistent. Listen to me. That's why you two must be consistent. Not that you pray one day, you don't pray four days. And then you read the Bible one day, you don't read two weeks. A part-time Christian cannot defeat a full-time devil. Every day she was talking to him. Every day. Now, not many people would not cave under that kind of pressure. Every day, you're handsome. You're more handsome than the most handsome. I'll take care of you. Joseph, name it anything you want in this house. He could have settled for that. And let me tell you something. One day he would be found out. He would have been found out. Oh, he would have been sent to prison. And he would have died in jail. He didn't do it. But he still went to prison all the same. That's a point where you say, God, why? I stood for the truth. I stood for your word. And I, was, I still went to jail. But hey, God got him out. Listen to me. The Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 17, verse 19, verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. If you get into an affliction based on the platform of obedience to God, God will get you out. Did you hear what I said this morning? Even if you got there because of your mistakes and you acknowledge them and now you acknowledge Christ as your Lord and Savior, God will get you out. Can I have a better amen? Hmm. Standing, you may have to stand alone sometimes. That was why Jesus also prayed for us in John chapter 17. Let's go there quickly. Verses 15 to 17. That was the longest prayer that Jesus prayed for the church. He, he said that prayer from his heart. He looked at you, he looked at me in the future when he was saying this prayer. John 17 and verse 15. He said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. Father, I'm not praying that you should kill them. He said, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. We are in the world. We are in an evil world. Jesus said, I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but I pray that you should keep them from the evil that is in the world. May your garments be unspotted. May you be unstained. May the Lord defend your Christian testimony. May the Lord defend his name in your life. He said, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Say with me this morning, I am not of the world. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Why did he pray this way? Because it is easier to compromise than it is to stand. To stand for the truth. To stand for fairness. Lawyers, listen to this. To stand for equity, to stand for justice is not an easy thing. To stand in the defense of the gospel and to stand on the promises of God when it appears that time is ticking away, it's a lot easier to compromise. Pastor, I have my bills. Time is ticking away. God doesn't seem to be coming through. And you are saying, I should not call my ex. 
even though I know it's not going to be free. Pastor, no genuine pastor will say call your ex, knowing that he will make a demand to have sex. That's why it's ex. Just add S to his name, that's all. Ah, pastor, it's not easy. I know, baby, it's not easy. Standing is not easy. I've been there. I'm still there. Waiting on God is not easy. There are times you're waiting on God and God is not talking. What do you do? Time is ticking away. Here is the Red Sea before us. Here is Pharaoh's army advancing from behind us. What do we do now? The Lord will come through for you. If you're in a situation this morning and you need help, the Lord will come through for you. Ask Shama. I'm going back to my text. The main man, the main character in our text. Ask Shama in the text that we read. Which one was easier on that day? When the Philistines came and invaded the field that was full of lentils. Was it easier for him to stand or easier to run away? The Bible says everyone took off. By the way, what is lentils? Or what are lentils? If you Google it, it's like beans. It's not beans, but it's also in the legume family. They are veggies. They are all in the veggies family. They are legumes. They are, it's food. Very close to beans. The field was full of lentils. The Philistines came and invaded the land. Everybody took off. But Shama stood. <laughs> How easy was it for him? One man to stand to defend the field when every other person took to their heels. I wrote in my notes, that Shama guy knew something. That guy believed something. He believed that those who stand alone with God are never really alone. You may appear alone, but you are not really alone. If you stand alone with God, if you are the only lady in your hostel who is not going for Friday night night stand, one night stand, if you are the only one, you are not the only one. Can I have an amen? Even when Elijah said, I'm the only one, oh, come and kill me, oh, take my life. God said, I've got 7,000 who have not bowed to Baal. God always has a remnant. And apart from that, there are heavenly hosts with you. So, when it looks like you are alone in your family, you are the only believer in your family, you are preaching to your dad, to your mom, to your siblings, everybody's making jest of you, always going to church, 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 oh, none here, jambo, jambo, pass, oh, fail, oh, chronological, you did not pass, you did not fail, you have not left, left the spot, church, 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 church. You are not alone. God is with you. Can I have an amen? Shama knew that. He knew that and he believed that. In fact, let me tell you something. <laughs> People that stand alone with God they have more with them than the rest of the world. Why? They have God's angel armies working with and fighting for them. Elisha gave us an insight into that. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 to 17. We're not going to read that. I'm just going to quote it. They came early in the morning. They came against Elisha. And his servant woke up early in the morning to go and fetch water. And behold, the house was surrounded. The mountains were full of horses and chariots everywhere. They came to arrest one man. What? He ran back inside and cried to his master. Second Kings chapter 6, verses 15 to 17. He said, Alas, my master, how shall we do? 
Only those who come to Bible study will understand this. He didn't say, Master, what shall we do? He said, how? How shall we do is different from what shall we do. What shall we do means it's not a big problem. Just tell us what to do. But how shall we do means there is, it's a hopeless situation. And I don't know how we are going to ever get out of this. Elisha answered and said, relax, man. There are more with us than with them. The guy looked at Elisha, looked at himself, said, Master, said, yes, there are only two of us here. Step outside. There are about a thousand people outside waiting for us. How can you say there are more with us, only two of us? Or maybe the few sons of the prophet that were still sleeping. Sir, then Elisha said a prayer. Lord, open his eyes. May the Lord open your eyes. Paul prayed this prayer over the church in Ephesians 1 from verse 17. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of God's calling over your life. I also prayed that for myself. May God open my eyes. <laughs> because there are times that situations wear you down and wear you out. Because you can't seem to see a way out. You don't even know that God is with you. Lord, open his eyes. And as the Lord opened his eyes, the Bible says, the guy saw all around them, all over the mountain, chariots of fire. Now, the people that came against them were just normal soldiers and their chariots. But the people that were for them were actually chariots and angels of fire. Psalm 104 verse 4 tells us that. God makes his angels, spirits, and his ministers flames of fire. The heavenly host outnumbered the enemies that came against them. When you are with God, when you stand alone with God, you have more with you than the few that are against you. No matter how many people are against you, you have more with you than those who are against you. Are you with me, church? Shama knew that. Shama understood that. And you know, in Hebrews 1.14, the Bible says, concerning the angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them that shall be heads of salvation? Are we not the heads of salvation? Come on, church. Are we not the heads of salvation? So angels have been sent forth to assist us, to minister for us. And these angels are not weak. They are mighty. They are all over this building this morning. They are powerful. Psalm 103 verse 20 tells us, bless the Lord, ye is angels that excel in strength. That do his commandment. Hearkening to the voice of his word. They excel in strength. So you are never alone. First John 4, 4 tells us. You are of God little children. And have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you. Than he that is in the world. So the one you are standing with. And who is standing with you is greater. Than the one coming against you. Can I have an amen to that? It is interesting to note. That the name Shammah in Hebrew actually means loss or desolation or astonishment. That's the meaning of the Hebrew name Shama, loss. So when he stood alone on that field, defending the field of lentils, the field of beans, he should have recorded a loss. But something happened. This was what the Holy Ghost emphasized to me to emphasize to you this morning. He said, but the guy took an action in the physical that commanded the attention of heaven. He took an action in the physical. Church, listen. 
Shammah, even though his name was lost, took an action in the physical. He stood. The Holy Ghost said to me to say to you, no matter what you're going through right now, stand. Don't run away. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't run away. Don't give your back to the enemy. If Shammah had run, they would have shot an arrow into him from the back and he would have died. That's why I said to us that we should form the clusters of four so that we could be praying together. I've been told some rascals are getting into relationships. They are getting the numbers of ladies. And as a lady, you should not be cheap in quickly, easily giving away your number to a total stranger because you pray together in church. Pastor said pray in church. We pray in church. And I think we're going to have to rearrange that now to be all guys and all ladies. But don't, don't misunderstand the spirit. Don't turn the things of God into an avenue to sin. As a church, we need to look out for the welfare of one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to encourage one another. Don't turn that into an avenue to have ladies' numbers. Or guys' numbers. It is for your good to be in a squad. That was the way the Roman soldiers operated. Every man with his sword facing a direction. One faces the north. is backed up by the one that faces the south. Supported by the one that faces the east. And that one backed up by the one that faces the west. So that no matter where the enemy wants to come from, from the four cardinal points, we finish the enemy. That's what this is for. And please, report cases. Report to me. Any case of abuse, report to me. Shama stood his ground. It was a physical action. But God came down. Gabriel, Michael, guys get ready. This guy is standing. Imagine the field. Let's say this was the field. And this is heaven. And they saw the tiny guy. And they saw a troop around him. God released his heavenly host to help that guy. In the natural Unless you are Jackie Chan. <laughs> I mean, only Jackie Chan wins everybody, like a thousand enemies. Even when he, when he coughs, ten people fall. <laughs> you know, when it does like this, without hitting anybody, hundred people fall. <laughs> only Jackie Chan. Now, that's not real. Some of us got beaten. We got some real beaten. Because... We assumed that we were good at Kung Fu after watching Jackie Chan and Jet Li and, and Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee back in the day. The guy would just move like this and then three-story building. I tried to fly like that. I, I, I was surprised. I never went beyond maybe one or two feet and then got back on the floor. Pa. Now, you know those things are not real. If a hundred people come against you, I don't know, I don't care how strong you are, they'll they get you. It's a matter of somebody hitting your head with something from the back. That's all. The ones that face you, you might still combat, but the ones that come behind you, there's nothing you can do about it. How did Shama do it? Only one man. He stood his ground. And yet, the Bible says he defended it. He defended the food. 
He defended the ground. He defended his people. He defended even his own life. It was easier to run away. Hey, Philistine's army. Everybody had taken off. There were people on that field before. I guess they were breaking the lenses. Boo, boo, boo. They were preparing food. Food for the nation. Preparing food for the nation. Food basket for the nation. Food for the nation. Then they had, whoa, whoa, whoa. Philistines to your tent to Israel. They all took off, but one man stood. Will you be that one man standing? Will you be that one man standing for your family? Will you stand for your parents? Will you stand for your siblings? Will you stand for your brother? Will you stand for your sister? Will you stand for your church? Will you stand for your pastor? Will you stand for your friends in school? Will you even stand for yourself? Shama stood. Heaven backed him up. Don't tell me he won that battle by himself. Because the Bible says, and the Lord wrought great victory. He didn't say, and Shama wrought great victory. He said, the Lord, Yad, Hey, Vav, Hey. He sent his angel armies. They fought those guys. People were fighting the Philistines. They didn't see the people fighting them. They just knew that some people were fighting them and they were dying. It wasn't just Shama. Even though he was one of the mighty men of David. His name was loss. His name was desolation. His name was astonishment. But he took an action in the physical and that commanded the attention of heaven. God came down. When Shammah stood his ground, God Almighty showed up as the defender of Israel. One of the names, one of the names they call God is El Elohe Israel. God, the God of Israel. Shammah was ordinary. But when Jehovah came on him, he became extraordinary. Loss turned to gain. Desolation turned to celebration. Astonishment turned to wonder. When other men took off, Shama took a stand. They took OFF off, but Shama took a stand. I said it earlier. That guy knew something. He knew that God would defend his name. One of the covenant names of God is not interesting. To know that one of the covenant names of God is Jehovah Shammah. Does it mean God of loss? No. It was the name given to a city in Ezekiel's vision. Ezekiel had a vision in Ezekiel 48 and verse 35. And what that name simply means is the Lord is there. Somebody said the Lord is there. Ezekiel saw that in the vision. He said the Lord is there. The Lord is there. Church, I want to say to you this morning, the Lord is here, is here with us. Amen. And is there for us. Can I have an amen? I said the Lord is here with us. Amen. And the Lord is there for us. Can I have an amen? Don't be afraid. The Lord is here with us. Amen. And the Lord is there for us. I don't care what this week holds. The Lord is there already. Wherever you go this week, the Lord is there already. He's here with you right now and he's there for you already. It will make every crooked path straight before you in the name of Jesus. Don't be afraid to take both steps this week. If you know that the Lord is already there. There's a song we normally, we used to sing in school fellowship in those days. It is going to be great today. Jesus Christ is already here. Holy Ghost is already here. I am going to be great today. Jesus Christ is already there. Holy Ghost is already there. I'm praying prophetically for someone today. I don't know what you stand or what stands ahead of you. 
what challenges, what assignments, what mission, what you need to accomplish. But I say to you by the Spirit of the Lord, the Lord is already there. You will find him there. A couple just left our church for the United Kingdom. And I was saying to them, because there were a lot of agitations about things happening at the port of entry. How that they return people now from the port of entry and all of that. It happens all over the world. But this was becoming rather popular. And I could see fear. And I spoke to them. I said, don't worry. The Lord Jesus is going with you. And he's also going ahead of you. And he's also going to take care of your rear. So by the time you land in Heathrow Airport, the Lord is already there. And guess what? The Lord was already there for them. The lady was asked questions because she was the main applicant, the primary applicant. And her husband happens to be the dependent. And they asked a lot of questions from her and she answered. And they asked her for a certificate with which she was practicing in Nigeria. And guess what? She didn't have it. And she said to the officer at the border, at the UK border, I don't have it. The man said, okay, welcome to the United Kingdom. Now, because of that, they could tell some people, step aside. Because they told me that they saw about four to five people that were asked to step aside. And they might repatriate them. And you know it is better to be delayed here sometimes. You don't travel yet. Rather than to say bye-bye to mama, bye-bye to daddy, bye-bye to friends, bye-bye to pastor, bye-bye to the church. And to get to the port of entry and say, no, you cannot enter. Because a visa does not guarantee entry into any country. They still have to vet you at the borders. At the port of entry. And then they say, go back. What? What a shame. Money wasted. Time wasted. I mean, such a person will slide into depression. I said to them, the Lord is already there. And they got there. And on the few minutes, they sent us messages. They sent us pictures. Pastor, we're in London now. And the team from our church over there, Revival House, was already waiting to pick them up. Glory be to God. I pray for someone, God will grant you easy passage. I don't know where you have to go this week, where you have to go this month of May, where you have to go in June, where you have to go the rest of 2023, the Lord will grant you easy passage. You know why? Because the Lord is already there. Somebody said, Jehovah Shammah. I don't know where they want to decide your case. You might not be there physically, but the Lord is there. And the Lord will raise the strongest voice on your behalf. The Lord will raise the most influential voice in your favor. Somebody shall favor. Because the Lord is there. Jehovah Shammah. I don't know what this week holds, but I know the one that holds this week. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Say better amen. Ezekiel, in his vision, named the city. The Lord is there. Ezekiel 48, 35. But it's a covenant name of God. It's a covenant name of God. Shammah knew that the Lord would defend his name. And he was marvelously helped of God. How can one man defeat an entire army? 2 Samuel 23 and verse 12. The Bible said, the Lord wrought a great victory. Angels were involved in that fight. I pray for someone. I don't know what battle you are fighting, but the Lord will grant you a great victory. Listen, in the case of Shama, it wasn't just victory. It was a great victory. I'm praying for someone, and you better don't waste that prayer. I don't know what you're going through, but the Lord will grant you a great victory. And it shall be said that this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. In the name of Jesus. According to Ezekiel 48, 35, the Lord is there for you. I said the Lord is there for you. 
Jehovah's Shammah will arise on your behalf. And your enemies will be scattered in the name of Jesus. What did Shammah fight for? Let's learn from Shammah as I begin to close. He fought for his people. He fought for their lives. He fought for their land. And he fought for their stuff. How many Shammahs do I have in this house? Who will fight the good fight of faith? Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.12, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. We are called to a fight. We are not called to come and be spectators in the affairs of our life. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant. Fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight for your family. Fight for your church. Mm. Can I have some shamas in this house who will stop fighting their sisters and brothers? But rather fight for them. Stop fighting them, but fight for them. Can I have some shamas in this house who will submit themselves to be used of God and will resist the enemy? Can I have some shamas in this house who will fight off the enemy and say, No! You don't steal our lives here in this church. No! You don't steal our health. No! You Mr. Defeated Devil, you don't steal our members. No! You don't steal our land. No! You don't steal our lentils. You don't steal our food. Not our spiritual nourishment. No, our physical food. Not our health. Not our businesses. Not our callings. Not our ministries. You won't get us out of the calling of God over our lives. The devil can deceive people and get them out of the calling of God. There was Demas who started well with Paul. But who departed? Paul said, all men have left me. Demas has gone back because of the pleasures of this life. He got distracted. Judas Iscariot started well. But he went his way at the end of the day. Can we have some shamas who will raise altars of prayer for this church and say we don't want our sisters backsliding? We don't want our brothers backsliding? No. Even if I'm the only one to pray. That online prayer, we keep telling everybody join every Tuesday, join every Thursday. Even if I'm the only one! It's a covenant hour prayer, 6 to 7. Lord, I will pray. Every Tuesday and every Thursday, even if I'm not able to join online, I will pray. If my phone acts up, I will pray. Can you imagine Shama if he had some excuses? Oh, my sword is not very sharp. Let me run. He would have died. He stood. He stood and defended that ground. Can I, can I have some bold Christians who will point their fingers in the face of the enemy and say, thus far you have prospered in our ministry, but not anymore. Not anymore. No, Satan, no. Thank God for beloved brother Paul. Our grandfather in the faith, Papa Ginodo. He said there is a place for silent prayer when you are worshiping the Lord. Worshiping Jesus and all of that, communing with him. He said, but when it comes to dealing with the devil, you need to be loud. You need to point your finger in his face. It is time. For the shamas in this house to arise. When Jehovah comes upon Shammah, it becomes Jehovah Shammah. Arise 
and run the devil out of your family. Your parents are not talking to each other. It's going to cascade on you. Things are not going well in daddy's business. Or mommy's health is failing. Rise up! Don't say it's their business. And say, in the name of Jesus, you foul devil, enough is enough with what you've done in my family. Get out of here. That's how to do it. Can I have an amen? I shouted like that one afternoon. My wife ran into the bedroom to find out. Honey, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said nothing. I just ran that guy out of here. And if you're a mother listening to me this morning and your husband does that, follow him and say, yes, amen, yes, amen, yes, amen. If your brother does that, follow your brother. If your sister does that, drives the enemy out of the house, agree with them and say, yes, amen, yes, amen. They are going in front and saying, devil, get out of here. Now you say, yes, amen, get out, get out. Yeah, go, go, get out. Two of us agree. Can I have an amen to that? That's why your siblings should be saved. So at least you can have somebody to agree with you. Concerning matters of your family. Don't leave everything to chance. In conclusion, what kind of stand is it? Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 14 tells us to put on the whole armor of God, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, that you may withstand. And having done all, to stand. Stand. What kind of stand? I'll give you three points. Number one, it's a stand of defiance. It's a stand of defiance. You've got to be rough with the enemy. You've got to be rough with the enemy. First Peter 5.9. First Peter 5.9. The enemy is not a gentleman. Don't be gentlemanly in dealing with him. The Bible says it goes around like a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He's a defeated, toothless bulldog. But he parades himself like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Are you going to fold your hands and watch the enemy destroy your family? Church, answer me. Are you going to fold your hands and watch the enemy destroy your family? Are you going to fold your hands and watch the enemy steal from you? Kill you? Destroy you? Is that what you want? Do you want him to steal your lentils? Your food? First Peter 5.9 Whom resist steadfast in the faith? Resist him! The name Satan means the resister. The Bible says you should resist the resister. Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? Don't, don't cow under your bedspread or, or duvet. I don't know. I don't know. Oh God, have mercy. Stand up. Speak up. Speak out. Bind him. Take authority over him. Command him to leave. So say, What's wrong with that girl? Why is she shouting? Shout, oh. So that you can have peace. Amen? Amen? Your business is not, is not flowing well. Money is not coming in. Bills are piling up. Speak up! Tell him to take his dirty hands off of your business. Especially if you're a tighter. A tighter has tighter's rights and benefits. It's found in Malachi chapter 3. If you read all the way from verse 10, one of the verses there, the Lord said, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. The devourer is devouring your money. You make money and you spend all the money in the hospital on pills, on medication. For what? You should enjoy the work of your hand. God said, my people shall enjoy the labor of their hands. So whatever, whoever is not making you enjoy that, rebuke that spirit and cast him out. Take authority. Be rough. Be rough with the enemy. When it comes to the enemy, you get to be rough. He doesn't understand you being gentlemanly. Be rough. 
take a stand of defiance. Defy him. I don't know how to say that in English. Carry fire for him face. That's pigeon. Apologies to online viewers who don't speak Yoruba language. Hallelujah. Somebody told me they were watching us from Germany two nights ago. The international convention said, please have mercy on us. And some of our people who don't understand anything Nigerian at all said, okay. We'll have mercy on you going forward. Amen. You've got to stand up on your inside and get your righteous indignation on. And rebuke him with all authority. In the name of Jesus. You have a name. 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 Remind, remind him of how Jesus defeated him. Colossians 2.15. Having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a public show of them. Triumphing over them in it. The devil is, a, is, a, is an expert in reminding you of your past. You to remind him of his future. Remind him is the greatest failure that ever existed. Because you're a failure every time. You're a failure, you're a failure. You failed in business, you failed in your career, you failed relationship. Look at you now, you're alone, single, nothing. You're just a waste. Tell him, tell him. Okay, Mr. Devil, I don't believe your lie, but I want to remind you. You used to have an estate in heaven, but you lost it. You're a failure. Oh, you used to behold the, the, the glory of the Almighty, but you were cast down. Ah, you failed. There's nobody that's a greater failure than you. You fail, 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 fail. You say, ah, no, don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. He will tell you, please, don't bring that up. Say, no, no, no. Before you go, come back here. Let me now remind you of your future. Your future is hell. That's where you're going to be forever and ever. Woohoo! I'm going to be with Jesus forever and ever. You're going to be in hell. You will run away. Amen? Number two. What kind of stand is this? It's a stand of faith. Number one is the stand of defiance. Number two is the stand of faith. Faith in God. Mark eleven twenty two. 22. Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. You just know, like Shama, God's got me. That God's got you. Shama stood because he knew that God's got him. God's got my back. There's nobody defending my back. I don't have the three to support me. But God's got me. Somebody say, God's got me. Oh, oh only three people came to church. If, 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 if you're convinced, you know God's got you. Say, God's got me. Now say, God's got my back. He's also got my front. He's got my side. Glory be to God. I have a very big God, though, who is always by my side. A very big God, oh, by my side, by my side. He's everywhere. On top of me, inside me, behind me, in front of me, by my side, by my side. He said, a thousand shall fall by your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Can I have an amen to that? Somebody say, God's got me. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. I'm a child of the most high God. So, it's a stand of faith. Stand. 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 It's a stand of faith. Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Pastor, how about my school fees? Have faith in God. Pastor, how about my house rent? Have faith in God. Pastor, how about my business? Have faith in God. Pastor, how about that situation in my health? Have faith in in God. Pastor, how about my relationship? Time is going. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
It's a stand of faith. Number three, which is the last, because I want to keep to time now. I'm a different man now. Say time is up. This is the last point. It's a stand of victory. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a stand of victory. Second Samuel 23 and verse 12. Can somebody help me read that from the Bible? If you can read it from three different translations, I will appreciate it. Second Samuel 23 and verse 12. Second Samuel 23 and verse 12. When Shammah stood, heaven stood. <laughs> when Shammah stood, heaven stood. Second Samuel 23 and verse 12. The Bible says, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Can I have other translations? Please help me read quickly. Okay, let me take, I'll take you, Caris, but let me take from this side of the hall, yes? Please stand with me so I can hear you. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines, Yes? And the Lord, who brought about a great victory? The Lord. Who is going to bring about your great victory? Don't worry. Where they have laughed at you, they will use that same mouth to come and apologize to you. Give it to Karis now. Give the microphone to Karis. Karis, what, what translation was that? NIV, the Lord bless you, baby. Come on, now Karis. But Shammah stood in the middle of the field and defended it. He defeated the Philistines and the Lord gave Israel a great victory that day. Does the Lord change? Stand on your feet, everybody. The Lord that gave Israel victory, is this still the same Lord till today? What is he going to give you? <laughs> what are you expecting this week? What are you expecting this month? What are you expecting the whole of this year? What are you going to have? Somebody shout victory! Because it's a stand of defiance and a stand of faith, it automatically becomes a stand of victory. You know why? Because faith is the victory. 1 John 5, 4. And whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Are you, are you going to stand this morning? Okay, three people are going to stand. Are you going to stand this morning? Okay, let me ask this way. Are you going to watch the enemy embarrass you? Aren't you tired of enough embarrassment already? Aren't you fed up with enough embarrassment in certain areas of your life that you can't even tell anybody? struggles you have in the middle of the night and you can't tell nobody about it because it's shameful. But that's going to turn around because the Lord is granting you the victory. Can I have an amen? amen. I don't know that song very well, but it says, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to you, God. And I'm gonna 
I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, God. Help me sing it. Take it from the start. If you know it, come on, come and sing. We're going to take the song, then we're going to pray, and we're going to take the communion. It's a good way. Media, if you have it. No, I'm not backing down Please. from any I know how this story ends. Yes, I know how this story ends. I'm going to see a victory. Sing it for the battle battle belongs belongs to to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. 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 victory. 